Welcome to On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Today we will be talking to Kirian Kettle as part of our series I'm promoting. Specifically, we'll be talking about the Muay Thai World Cup, which will be held in Kanda on November 30th. A uh, little bit of news first. If, as always, if you'd like to reach me, you can follow me on Instagram, MattLucasBKK, or email me at a period matt period lucas at gmail.com. Thanks to everyone that supported me so far with the podcast, either sharing it, leaving reviews, or doing anything else. If you'd like to re- leave a review, that would be super helpful. You can do so on the iTunes store. Um, also, I want to say a personal thank you to a few people. Recently, my camera broke, um, which is an expensive piece of equipment that I do a lot with. I've shot my Behind the Fight series, also my Instagram series, profiling Muay Thai fighters from around the world. Uh, the I've been able to replace the camera thanks to some great donations from people. Uh, like Vinny Scotto, Patrick Rivera, Dave Brooks, Sean Madden, and Wendell Galano. So thanks so much again, guys, for helping me out. Um, and thank you to my other sponsors, Nakmoy Legends, for their continued support of this show. They create some great Muay Thai apparel with portions of the proceeds going back to the legends. They celebrate all the superstars have been paid for their images as well. Check out their gear at www.nakmoylegends.com. That's N-A-K-M-U-A-Y-L-E-G-E-N-D-S.com. You can use On Fighting to get 15% off your order. So that's O-N-F-I-G-H-T-I-N-G. Also, a plug for my book. Um, I wrote a series of interconnected Muay Thai short stories. The fast-paced novel was published back in 2014, but it's still a strong read today. Um, I'm working on a new ebook uh, that I hope to have out sometime next month. Um, anyways, the Boxer's Soliloquy you can pick up off of Amazon, and you can get it in print and or read it as an ebook. Um, a little bit about our pick a fight, which is can be Saucing uh, versus Maria Phuket Fight Club. That fight will be happening on Channel Seven uh, on Channel Eight this Sunday. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, thank you, as always, also to Patrick Rivera again for helping me get this show started. Uh, he was recently part of a massive YDL. Youth Development League out in Staten Island. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing more events soon. So a little bit of background on our subject today, Kieran Kettle. Um, he spent most of his career in the UK, but did extended stints in Thailand and was both at Fairtex and Kalsam Rick Gym. Uh, he retired at 30 years old and then went on to start training people and promoting extensively in the UK. Uh, he moved to Canada just about a year and a half ago, 2018, and works out of Elite Brayside. Uh, he recently got back into promoting and is looking to do big things in Canada. 
Uh, one of the things that he's doing, of course, is the Muay Thai World Cup. We talk a bit about the promoting game, um, budgets, uh, how to pick the fighters, the rules and regulations. Uh, one of the interesting things he's doing is a four-man tournament with three Canadians, one American. The tournament is at 154 pounds with Cody Jerome from Progressive Fight Academy, Cody Laskar from Westside in Ottawa, Kyle Messenger from Elite Brayside, and the American Lance Dixon from Santa Monica Striking. So without further ado, our interview with Kieran Kettle. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Kieran Kettle. Uh, you're a name known throughout the world. You've obviously had a long stay in the UK and Thailand as well. You're recently setting up the Muay Thai World Cup, yep. which we're going to talk about today, which is on November 30th. Uh, there's a four-man tournament along with some WBC Canadian titles online. So if you could just uh, run us through a bit of the show to start things off with. Yep, so we have a show on November the 30th. Um, it's at the Seven Chiefs Sportsplex um, on the Sutina Nation land, which is First Nation land in Calgary. And um, we have a four-man tournament, like you just said, there. it's a $3,000 winner-takes-all. Um, and also the, the winner will be presented with a Sutina um, trophy, a specialised trophy as well, because with the First Nations are uh, supporting us, partnering and sponsoring us also. So it's a pretty big night. We have uh, uh, four WBC Canadian titles, actually, because we made a, a new one two weeks ago. So there's four Canadian uh, professional Muay Thai uh, Canadian titles on the line. Uh, and we have a, a stacked undercard, which is a uh, up-and-coming amateur bout. How many bouts will there be altogether? We're looking at uh, currently. We're looking at fifteen bouts, mm -hmm. so um, which is a healthy amount. Yeah. Um, again, it's it's divided sort of between the amateur who has seven on there, and with the pro, we have. Um, seven potentially eight so we're looking at 15 bouts mm -hmm. and for the pro bouts will they be five three-minute rounds or will they obviously the tournament i assume will be three three rounds a piece yes yeah, so the tournament is uh three rounders but the actual uh professional muay thai fights are five three-minute rounds yes and then for the wbc canadian belts on the line what matchups are there right now so we have uh, Scott McKenzie. He'll be fighting uh, Philip Engeroff. Uh, Philip Engeroff uh, is based up in uh, Edmonton. He actually resides in uh, Thailand. He's over in Phuket training a mm. lot. Um, he's fought on a couple of shows recently, I think, on MX Extreme. So that should be an exciting fight because it's uh, both guys very powerfully built. Um, Philip Engeroff comes, you know, comes to fight, comes forward a lot, marches forward a lot. And Scott is... Um, you know, he's a very smart fighter, very good of his hands, good movement as well. Tricky southpaw. So that's our uh, first one. We also have uh, Chris McMillan. He's from Arashido in Calgary. And he's from Michael Fitzpatrick. That's over in Lana Gym in uh, Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, Fitzpatrick, very tough, durable guy, good clincher. Um, and McMillan, he's been around the block, actually. 
Um, he actually fought in FFC, which was under kickboxing rules in Vegas. Broke his arm, but still won the fight. That was uh, last mm-hmm. year. So, uh, and he's a popular guy too. So he's coming. We have uh, Tim Lowe. Now, Tim Lowe is from uh, a Rashido in Edmonton. He was originally due to fight Mark McKinnon, who's one of my students. But Mark McKinnon fought in England a month ago. Uh, he won in the fourth round. Um, it was a uh, spinning back elbow, actually. Oh, but in round two, he broke his Oof. jaw. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but amazing, though. That, amazing, though, to, to think that yeah. he continued. So, I was actually watching the fight and I was thinking, why has he stepped off the gas? Because he was winning the fight quite mm-hmm. convincingly. But, obviously, afterwards, he wasn't even smiling. <laughs> and he had the belt around his waist. I was like, why is he not smiling? But, um, obviously, <laughs> he'd come about and broke his jaw. So, uh, but amazing that he come, you know, all of that and still, still wins the fight so we've got a new opponent for um, Tim Lowe he's going to fight a, a veteran called Mark Hale Wedderburn Mark Hale Wedderburn's sort of been around the block in North America he's fought in Europe and Thailand mm-hmm. um, so uh, and they're having a little bit of a heated discussion <laughs> shall I say mm-hmm. on social media um, so uh, it's quite fun I'm just it's good you know you, you see the old memes of the popcorn that's, that's <laughs> me at the moment watching them two go at each other so that's going to be an interesting fight yeah, and then um, see what originally was going to happen is we had a, a fighter from uh, Simon Marcus's gym called Hassan Osni. Uh, he was going to fight Mark Hale, um, but he messaged me and said, "Look, you know, I want to fight for WBC Canadian title, um, and he will fight anything from one eighty-five oh. to, to two hundred five pounds." So um, with Mark, yeah, with Mark McKinnon out of the picture. Um, I managed to make another bound, mm-hmm. so he'd be fighting Luke Spicer. Luke Spicer hasn't fought for a couple of years, but um, uh, again, very, very experienced, not just in Muay Thai and kickboxing, but has other martial arts experience as well. And uh, Luke's, um, <laughs> let's just say, very verbal on social media, and uh, so those two uh, also. In a bit yeah. of heat, which is, you know, great for the promotion. As long as it doesn't get too out of hand, it's great for the promotion. Sounds like a very stacked card. So why did you decide to put on a show, especially after only moving to the country uh, a year ago? Um, it, I love promoting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I absolutely love it. I love, I've always loved uh, networking and connecting people together, um, you know, bringing gyms together, cooperating and et cetera like that, uh, you know. I've done, um, I think, 55 events now, uh, mainly in the UK. From 2006 was my first event. Mm -hmm. And um, I just absolutely love everything about the promoting. And also, well, I am a coach and I have, you know, uh, I'm a head coach of the Elite in Calgary. Um, We have a a crew of fighters that want to compete regularly. But the main thing for me was when I came to Canada, I taught a seminar two years ago and I just couldn't believe there was so much talent here but I didn't understand why they weren't fighting mm-hmm. why are you not fighting why do you only have one fight a year why do you take some and you know it's the same with America too is yeah. some of the guys they take fights they shouldn't take but they want to fight mm-hmm. and, you know and you, I wanted to give them an opportunity so I started to look into how you go about that mm-hmm. Uh, because in the UK, to be honest with you, there are shows every weekend, but you can book a venue, you book your referees and judges, you book your insurance, yeah. and you're good to go. However, here, obviously, you've got to go through a commission, mm-hmm. 
um, and you have to go follow through with all their rules and regulations. Uh, you have to have various meetings with them, and they have to tie up with the venue, uh, and obviously they have to meet with lawyers. So there's a lot more loopholes to go through uh, here than there is in, um, in than there is in the UK. What were some of the regulations that sort of surprised you that you had to go through in Canada versus in the UK? How much it costs? Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Um, I know. I, no. I I think I listened to a podcast with you before, or uh, from Team Teal uh, out in the UK, and yeah, just the cost of promoting yeah. in the UK is like barely anything. Well, it's not that it's barely anything. It still costs. It still costs money, especially if you want to put a big fight on. You know, like uh, just before I left, we promoted um, Liam Harrison and Charlie Peters. Mm -hmm. So you know, Liam's purse was um, relatively high for Muay Thai standards, but he deserves it. You know, he's yeah, been around the block. Absolutely. We wanted to make that fight. So that you know, there is that as well. Mm -hmm. um, as well, with regards to Canada, um, the the fees. It's not necessarily that they're particularly different. It's just that you know, obviously we have a commission to deal with. Now, with the commission, um, I initially uh, went to into Calgary and, and, and met the Calgary Commission, and they were very nice, uh, but I just didn't agree with how high their costs were. Mm -hmm. Basically, um, it didn't make sense why their commission was actually higher priced than that of even Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Las Vegas is world how how's how's this possible mm -hmm. so um i then started to rethink look should i do a show is it very risky because you know the commission's so high i could end up you know literally um you, you know losing all my money or being in a, a lot of debt from it right so I, I, you know i still wanted to go and i, I thought about different different maneuver, maneuvers and how to move with that so um i met my partner who's Zachary Many Wounds, who's also going to be fighting on the show as well. He's a professional. And then we started talking away, and he said, look, there's a new arena. It's on, um, it's on Sutina Nation, and it's a beautiful arena. It's an ice hockey arena. It has two ice hockey arenas in it. It has a basketball arena. It has four courts, um, and it's just brand new, and it was open in May um, of this year. So I went up there, had a look around, and said, this is perfect, absolutely perfect. It has everything you want mm -hmm. as a promoter. For a show, it has the lighting, it has you know, it's got even down to the bars. It's got the correct seating, adjustable seating, the little things that a promoter you know dreams of when they go into a venue. So then we started talking, and um, I then started to learn about there's different laws on mm -hmm. First Nation land. So we started talking about how we work with the commission, and um, we sat down with the commission um, and basically with the First Nations. The First Nations have now set up uh, mm -hmm. a new commission, mm -hmm. which we're working with. And um, they're just happy that, first of all, there's events right. on, the, on their land. Um, two, of course, Zachary is mm -hmm. fighting, which is, you know, it's a big thing. He's mm -hmm. a very popular guy over there. And um, they're also happy that, that we're working with them and uh, promoting... Um, Mm -hmm. indigenous people you know so uh, yeah we sat down and you know we, we had to go back and forth of uh, how this can be done legally and um, what I wanted to do and my visions um, and they were very supportive and everything I did so I've got nothing but great words to say about 
Sutina people, let me tell you. That's really exciting. Um, how far away is the location from, say, downtown Calgary? Uh, 15, 20 minutes. Oh, so not far at all. It's basically downtown. Oh, not far at all. Basically, it's, it's, I kid you not, it's five minutes from uh, the gym I actually work at. Oh. Um, and, um, it's literally on the border of our First Nation land, mm -hmm. uh, which is they're developing now mm -hmm. a, uh, a new sort of uh, shopping center and cinema complex right next to where the arena will be. Oh, so wow. that's currently in building. So, uh, yeah, so in, in years to come, it's going to be an exciting area to go. And then uh, for the show itself, how many people are you looking to host or how? what is the setup going to be like? Is it? Are you going to do like a more high-end where it's tables and sort of bottle service or just general admission and then VIP seats? Well, what, what I wanted to do is um, from going to, uh, you know, fight shows myself and, you know, going from coaching to fighting and then into promoting, I didn't want, I wanted everyone to come. Mm -hmm. So I've offered like pretty cheap tickets, $40 for standard seating, uh, $50 for um, reserve seating, and then we've got VIP tables, um, which are also for our sponsors, and they will have, you know, the VIP treatment with the, the table service, food and drink served and, you mm -hmm. know, things like that um but still um the beauty of this venue which is again going back to when we went to the, the seven chiefs arena was we can we can make it from like if we wanted to have a thousand people in there we could if we wanted to make it up to seven thousand mm -hmm. people we could that's how we can adjust mm -hmm. it so what we've done is we've set i've set a target of um 1500 mm -hmm. people and we've set out to, to hold 2,300. Mm -hmm. um, however, you know, closer to today, ticket sales aren't going well, for an example. We can always a little bit downsize it. And then, obviously, for the screens and TV, it, it will be very busy. However, this is what I thought. But we've already sold 1,700 tickets. Um, That's great. And to be honest with you, we haven't, we haven't even... Yeah, it's fantastic. We haven't even put out our advertising, which comes out, this week which is in the town which will be obviously flyers posters uh, digital advertising we haven't even started yeah. that yet so uh, a massive response and i don't know whether it's just because it's our first event mm -hmm. uh, or people are excited um again it's a new market for me so um there are certain things i'm, uh, I'm unknown about you know what the response will be um God knows what the weather will be like. Because yeah. <laughs> the weather here can be up and yeah. down. They could have a snowstorm and no one turns up. No, I'm only joking. They'll be fine. They still turn up. But, you know, um, the, um, the response so far has been absolutely amazing. Like the support from the coaches, the managers, um, everyone like that has just been like second to none. They're pushing, the fighters are pushing their own fights mm -hmm. um i've done something a little bit different as well so every fighter on the card they get their mm -hmm. own ticket link so um they push their own ticket link and then they get a, a, a card a commission from their mm -hmm. own ticket link so um they're pushing that as well and you know we're ourselves getting little uh, videos done for instagram so over the next sort of six to eight weeks you're going to see between 15 and 20 mm -hmm. promo videos for the fighters so we're just trying to make it a little mm -hmm. bit more special you know um 
I've been to uh, several shows here over the last couple of years, and there've been some great fights. But for mm-hmm. me, not a show, and that's what I want. Is what I wanted yeah. people to go to the show, not just see good fights. But we've got, for an example, the opening of the show. We've got like a firework display. We've got um, First Nation dance dancers. We've got a live band, DJ playing mm-hmm. throughout. A um, couple of fights got special mm-hmm. entrances. So um, we're trying to make it an actual event to go to. So when you go, you go, wow, I want to go to the mm-hmm. next one. When is the next one? You know, that's what I want. So um, that's what we're working on. Yeah, it sounds pretty impressive if you've already hit your goal of uh, selling 1,700 tickets. And, oh, you know, your yep. base level was 1,500 people. That's pretty it's awesome. I'm really happy for you. Um, so obviously this thank you very much this is your first show what sort of plans do you have for the show both short term and then longer term well um good question because uh i always like to some people like to just promote and just do let's just see how this show goes mm-hmm. and go from there but i always have a plan of you know, three to five to seven years mm-hmm. so initially each fighter on the card is okay we need to know what happens with their fight and how they go from it. But for me, they need to defend their belts because it needs to, the titles need to be yeah. worthy, you know? I then need to, after the event, is then send off the results to the WBC to hopefully get a few Canadians into the rankings, the top 20. Mm-hmm. Um, then I can, within two or three events, uh, start promoting WBC international mm-hmm. fights. So I can bring over... Um, a couple of guys to defend the WBC international fights. If a few of the guys do very well, then uh, there's a potential within 18 to 24 months. You never know. We might see the first WBC world title here in, here in uh, Canada. That would be good. So that's a goal just for the fighters mm-hmm. alone. For the actual show, um, the reason why we picked the name Muay Thai World Cup is because I've always wanted to have an event where we, okay, so it's nice bringing over, it's nice bringing over international guys, but let's bring over as an initial goal in three years, let's bring over teams. Mm-hmm. So you could potentially have four teams. Let's just say, for example, Thailand, Canada, Sweden, and UK. Um, and then, obviously, they all fight each other in certain weight divisions. At the end, uh, you know, you can give away a big prize money, and the, the team obviously wins a big trophy with that as well. So then it would be effectively a more mm-hmm. time World Cup. Um, and then, of course, the other side to it is uh, working from stream... So this show will just be on YouTube. It's going to literally from start to finish, all the amateurs um, and then professional, it's going to stream the whole thing on YouTube so it'll be free to watch. Uh, the eventual plan is to work on television mm-hmm. deal with um, with a Canadian television broadcaster. We have spoken to, I say not spoken to, emailed and back and forth and had a couple of conversations, but that's not something I want to delve right. in just yet. The reason being is, is a couple of members of my team are brand mm-hmm. new. So I need to get them on board with understanding what a live event is over just an event. Um, so that's that's another goal as well for us as a promotion. But growing with the WBC, of course, developing fighters, um, and of course bringing over yeah. marquee names, um, not just for the show, but just for Canada as well, because they deserve... And like I said, some of the Canadian talent is, is really good. They just haven't had the platform to showcase it. Damn. So you have the four-man tournament. Will the winner of the four-man tournament come back for another four-man tournament? Is this something that you're looking at doing regularly, or is this maybe something yes. a little less frequently? What's yeah. your plan for the 
four-man tournament? Well, the four-man tournament is this. The winner mm-hmm. will fight the winner of Chris McMillan and Fitzpatrick. However, uh-huh. of course, I did have a put out on the four-man because it was originally, um, we did have a fighter on there. He, he wanted to move down the weight. Um, and then we had a couple of other options. And then we brought in Lance Dixon. So he's American. So if Lance Dixon wins, for example, I'll bring him over next year and he, he will fight um, either someone from the four-man or potentially the loser of Chris McMillan and Michael Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got quite a few things to deal with there. Uh, mm-hmm. But the good thing is they're good options. Yeah. So if a Canadian wins, which is the four guys in the tournament, then they will fight the winner of Chris McMillan and Michael Fitzpatrick. If uh, Lance Dixon win, wins, I'll bring him over next year because he obviously he's American. He can't fight for the Canadian belt. Mm-hmm. And then I'll look at an option of let's see where Lance is in the rankings. Let's see where his opponent is in the rankings um, and go from there. But for sure, he will fight again. So, And what is an uh, estimated date for maybe your next show? You have this one on November 30th. Yeah, end of March. So we're, we're planning for three shows next year, which will be the end of March. Then we're looking for uh, September and then we're looking for the end of November again. Mm-hmm. So they're just uh, penciled dates at the moment. Nothing concrete. Hopefully in the next week or so we'll have something more concrete mm-hmm. because we'll actually start advertising on the 30th of November for those events. So right at the show, you're gearing up for the next one. Yep, I mean, that's something I've, I I learned through promoting. When, when I was um, part of uh, uh, Muay Thai Grand Prix, we started to learn that you don't just do an event just one by one, mm-hmm. is you start advertising the next event. Um, so that's what we did. We started to build up the Liam Harrison and Charlie fight literally six, seven months before, mm-hmm. uh, just to get interest, gather interest on social media, gather interest with tickets, of course, uh, and just gather a whole interest for our brand. So what is uh, promoting culture like in Canada versus in the UK? You said you've uh, promoted 55 events back in the UK. That's a lot. Yep. What, yep. what have you seen as some of the differences between the two countries? Um, well, I've found that there's people more eager mm-hmm. to fight here in Canada than there are in the UK. And what I mean by that is, is because in the UK, you're sport for choice. Mm-hmm. So you basically have a show every week. Uh, so if you're a beginner, you know, sort of C, B class, you have a choice of when you can fight. And also I've found that in the UK, there's a lot of gyms, especially the bigger gyms, that have their own promotions as well. Um, they have their own fighters fighting on the show. As well here, there are less shows. So as soon as I announce, you know, put forward your resume if you want to fight on the show, I literally had, you know, 100 mm-hmm. emails within the first two weeks of just people's fighters sending their bios over. They just want to fight here, um, which is good for me because obviously in terms of promotional competition, I don't have much com- com- competitors. In the UK, I had a hell of a lot more competitors, so you really have to push the show, make sure that your fighters are on the card. Um, so far, touch wood, I've only had one pull-out, which is obviously Mark McKinnon with a broken jaw. Um, I'll, I'll let him off for <laughs> yeah, that one. I think he gets <laughs> but, um, passed. That's what I've... Uh, yeah. yeah, he gets passed just, you know. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
yeah, so far, like I said, the eagerness. But they, uh, this includes America as well. The eagerness to fight um, and the willingness to fight, I think, is greater in America than it is in, in the UK. And the reason being is is because there's less shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you can fight in the UK, like I said, every week if you wanted to. Um, but you could, that also that gives you the option of, okay, I can, I'll pull myself out of this show and I'll just fight again in three, mm-hmm. four weeks. As well, on, on my event, is if I do pull out of this show... I'm not going to be able to fight for yeah. six months. You know, that was the, the sort of attitude mm-hmm. in Canada beforehand. Um, so people, you know, if you do have a little knock on your shin, etc., they will just fight anyway, because that's just normal. You, you know, this yeah. fact, you, no one goes into a fight card without some sort of injury, you know. Yeah, it's very... So, yeah, that's what I find the, the, the main difference. What about uh, in terms of uh, some of the regulations or expenses? I know we touched on it a little... Uh, with the First Nation being very easy to deal with. Do you see any other differences? Yeah. Um, the, the setup is pretty much the same. You have a format, which is obviously your judges, referees, your sanctioning bodies, and your insurance. Um, but it is pretty much the same. It's just um, the big hurdle was orig- originally the commission hurdle. And a lot of people were put off by the hefty price. And I don't blame them, you know. Let's be completely honest. Um, Promoting, uh, especially with Muay Thai, Mm -hmm. is a blue-collar sport. Um, And no one has a lot of money at hand or or deep pockets. And it's very hard to secure sponsors. It's not the easiest thing to do. Um, So it it turns a lot of people away if there's a high commission fee. But, you know, I found a way around it. I'm not saying it's it's not Mm -hmm. at an expense. Obviously, he still has, it's still some expense, but um, it's well worth the risk, in my opinion. Because um, I think the last professional Muay Thai event in Calgary was four years ago. Um, I think they might have had one in between that was like one professional fight on a whole amateur card. But as an actual professional event, I think it's like four or five years, which is crazy. If you came here, you'd have a look around. There's so many gyms, notable gyms as well, with some good fighters, and you all the classes are packed every night. Um, everyone wants to fight, and it's just crazy that they don't have the opportunity. Um, so that's what I'm trying to give people. And then uh, because it's on First Nation land, what is the refing yep. and judging situation like? Uh, is the First Nation coming in with their own refs and judges? I think I saw mm-hmm. you had a WBC uh, referee and judging course out of your gym at some point recently? Yeah, it wasn't out of a gym, but it was at the uh, one of our sponsors, which is the Grey Eagle Hotel and Resort. Mm-hmm. They have a conference centre. So what we've done is we invited the whole city, or anyone around actually, to come to the course. And the reason being for that was was because our show is going to be WBC uh, sanctioned and refereed. So basically, um, one of... Uh, he's actually an old, old friend of mine, 20 years plus, uh, Nash Kashwala. He's a WBC rep for the UK, and I think he's going to be the WBC rep for Europe too soon. And um, I wanted him to come over to to just not educate, it's the wrong word. It's just update some people's skills on, on refereeing and judging, um, just to give you mm-hmm. another eye. Um, I mean, we have a, there's a, a good team which we're going to be hiring, uh, which is Mike Zentek and his team. Uh, and, and, you know, they turned up, they sat down for a three-hour course, um, and they all said, not, you know, you, you, everyone, including, you know, everyone listening to, has a rough idea of 
of uh, judging and refereeing. But I brought Nash yeah. over just to go through exactly what the WBC expects. So we'll be bringing Matt Nash over, and he's going to be refereeing the title fights. And mm. and then um, we're going to have um, the, the Alberta referee and judges uh, team look after the rest. So um, mm-hmm. I just wanted everyone to be on board from the beginning. You know, like sometimes you turn up at an event, oh, my guy won that, oh, my guy lost that. Um, you know, I wanted to do this seminar and course, and you know, the seminar and course was was a an idea also for me to to network people. Some people I haven't met, mm-hmm. I met them on social media or sent messages back and forth, but I haven't met them physically, and I wanted to do that. We had a really good response. We had eighty people turn up for the course, so it was really nice and it was good. And I think people saw my vision as well of building an event in um, in Canada, and it's not just a one off. Show it's uh, it's yeah. something that we're we're here to stay with. So yeah, ADP. Yeah, so um, yeah, we, no, go on. What's up? Yeah, so we yeah, so we had eighty people turn up, and there was some fighters on that course as well, which is good for them to be sort of educated on that. Um, and then of course the referees and judges from um, Alberta were there as well. We had about twenty strong of them. They turned up. They loved it. It was a sort of a, a mini exam at the end, and um, it helped them as well. So it networks the uh, Nash and his WBC crew with the uh, Alberta referee and judges, and they'll be working together on the 30th of November. And then uh, you mentioned that there was just some updates to for people. What were some of the specific updates? Uh, about the rules and regulations that maybe people hadn't seen before. Okay, so with the WBC uh, scoring, is uh, they do score every round. So mm-hmm. obviously in Thailand, where you are, Matt, is as you well know, um, is they will score for the later rounds, round three and four, and you know round five, you you move away and show skills, etc. As well, WBC will score every round, um, very similar to some ways in boxing. Um, then they went through a lot about the balancing, uh, you know, what effective scoring is. It's not just about just throwing jab crosses and throwing 100 punches. They hit the forearms, you know. That's not what Muay Thai is about. There is, there is something separate. Um, as you well know, with Muay Thai and a lot of other martial arts, it's a lot cleaner sport. So he talked about that. Uh, and then just down to the nitty-gritty things, you know, what a referee should do, what a referee should look out for. Um, not listening to the crowd, of course, because if you've got a hometown favourite and they're just punching your forearms, like we talked about, is you know that isn't scoring. That's not effective um, strikes. Um, so, and even down to like turns and sweeps, and just making sure that everyone understood what WBC represents. Um, and you know, Nash is uh, very, very much um, a Muay Thai fan mm-hmm. as well and foremost, and. Uh, he just wanted to make sure that it, there's a difference between... Because some judges, when I've been to shows in America, they judge the fight before is kickboxing, the fight afterwards is mm-hmm. MMA, the fight afterwards is boxing. You know, how can one judge on one show judge all of those fights? It's ridiculous. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to just have my time on show. So the judges are fully concentrated on the Muay Thai ruling system. Uh, and of course, I have been to shows... Um, and they just scored because the guy's just thrown more punches, but none of the punches actually landed, you know. So it was just about the cleaner techniques, what's effective. 
So it was really good. Really good. Awesome. Um, so that basically covers most of the topics I had. Was there anything that I hadn't brought up that you would like to talk about? Um, let's have a little look at your, uh, no, I think, um, it's pretty much everything. I know, um, creating a culture was another thing, um, which is, uh, again, something I think we talked about anyway, you know, what the plans are and building up and just putting Canadian Muay Thai on the map, really. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Kieran. I really appreciate you taking your time out. Um, we're going to be doing more segments, uh, following along with the buildup of the show, uh, talking to some of the fighters, maybe uh, the judge, and just really seeing what happens with the building of a promotion. So I really appreciate you taking your time out. Anytime, anytime. Thank you very much for having me. So that concludes our interview with Kieran Kettle. Thought it was really interesting, especially some of the differences between promoting in Canada versus promoting in the UK. You can see, at least for now, that Kieran has a long-term game plan, which is very important in developing a long-lasting, sustainable, and strong uh, promotion. Having the ticket sales already meet his minimum is a awesome 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 goal that he's met so definitely looking forward to more things happening with him and his promotion next week we're going to be talking to lance dixon the american who is in the four-man tournament talking to him about his experience in the tournament and just fighting abroad next week we'll also go over the saucing maria phuket fight club fight uh, which is very exciting. It should be on Channel 8 this weekend on Sunday. Uh, so thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you'd like to reach me, you can follow me on Instagram, MattLucasBKK, or email me at a.mattlucas at gmail.com. Uh, thanks to everyone that supported me so far. Uh, this has been On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. <laughs>